0: The Convention Collective Sandbox At Portsmouth Comic Con 2019
1: Um, in that. But you know, they said there's a lot more. I think Alison was saying it's like such a family con as well. Like, yeah. this is really very family orientated. Yeah. So I get caught up. Like, it's quieter than I would
0: be in so many other cons, but it's also like you're genuinely speaking to people. And it's nice because people are sweet. Who's been coming up and uh, talking to you? Is it Wicked fans? Is it Star Wars fans? Is it Dive fans? I mean, like the new fans, like, I'm talking like. I... I'll tell we what, most the fans are
1: here, and there's always like quite a lot of Star Wars people. Sure, uh, but like the thing that I've sold most of is
0: die. I've like, basically got all my die comps and I've gone through them all. Uh, okay, so I mean, I'll try and break it okay. down to certain like almost like chapter headings, and we'll start with um, one for myself because I you know I'm the Star Wars fan, I'm a big Star Wars fan, and obviously, we're coming to the end of that run. Um, it's been interesting to see how you, when you went over to the main title, um, what you wanted to explore with Star Wars. Whereas with the earlier, when Marvel first really kind of took the reign on those Marvel books, it was like these are additional chapters to the Star Wars canon. And it was almost like this run is a new film yeah, yeah. in that canon that's not what you've done uh, with this latest arc it's almost like you're deconstructing the, the world of Star Wars in this latest one you, you're very much exploring the characters more than what a, a, a film would do is that, how, is that something that you wanted to do I think Michael like, my intent is always that like, these are missing
1: sure. Like I think, you, I think it's probably less of a movie than Darth Vader was mm. but like my intent was like okay everything that Jason has not done uh, I wanted to do right <laughs> and, okay. you know, and, and, course, and I leave it wow. he, he did quite a lot you know it's like well, Jason managed to basically do all the Luke's I'm like, Luke cannot get any better at being a Jedi right you know before Empire sure 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 so I can't do anything with it but he hadn't do anything with the military you know increasing ranks in the Rebels mm. and like they hadn't really done much with Luke and Leia And like a few other things, like other bits, you know, other bits and pieces. You know, then Luke going from like
0: random guy the fire to a commander. Yeah, that happens, and that's not that's not a small change. So I I mean, I I, I quite liked the um, the ramp up in ambition and drive for Luke as well. Yeah, like that kind of and being very proactive. They've been sober.
1: It's a very sobering arc. So like, and also Leia. Yeah, like, part of me did think that you know, well, she's tested more than. Yeah. Possibly even in the films. Yeah, there was a bit like... This is the period when Luke decided he wants to be a Jedi. Yeah. But it's also the period, I kind of thought, where Leia didn't decide to become a Jedi. Not that she knows about her bloodline at this point, but at some point, you can see, this is about her entering the material world, right. her becoming more important to the Rebellion, as more than just a figurehead. So I kind of knew Leia would be my lead. Mm. I mean, like Luke was definitely the lead of um, Jason's run. And I always thought, that, like, Le- not that... It's still about Luke, Leia, and Sure. but Leia is a little bit more forward in the mix, and Luke's a little bit back. I liked that change
0: in dynamic, and then we
1: took. I, mean too, I, I mean, enjoyed I mean, it, and especially you know after you know after Carrie you know passed, yeah, it was that kind of. Like, I definitely thought I want to do a, I want to do a layer story. What's been the? Trend? Oh, sorry, you might, I go back to the movie yeah, question, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is useful. As in, like, it's maybe a bit my style, but like, I definitely the middle bit. As in hope dies, that's a movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's weird because it's like it's almost like an Empire Strikes Back structure. Now we've got these two things at the start, there's two things at the end, and it's a character journey. Yeah. So I'm definitely thinking about it as a journey. But it does, it's more. In fact, the, there was like three or three or four, than, there, four there were them.
0: three or four issues in that that were actually the third arc of a movie. It yeah. Was like, there was so much. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. There was lots of stuff going on. And it's like kind of like you know the. I was aware that the biggest, the
1: bigness of the book being in the middle is probably a problem with the, like the run. You know, it, it, we wanted, I wanted a big issue fifty. You sure. Know? So I built, had to do twelve issues to build what I wanted, which included Luke taking a step back from chasing Jedi stuff. Yeah. And then you've got this big thing in the middle where it explains how they get promoted so quickly because everyone else is dead. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, like when uh, my original plan was like. And then we built this scourging of shooter shoot- run finale. Well, like the, the arc afterwards, it was originally going to be really grimy and then rolling in the dirt and trying to escape, you know, escape on the sure. rocks. And I kind of turned away from that because it was like the fact that Hope Dies was so depressing. Uh, <laughs> big, but depressing. Yeah. Uh, made me kind of not want to hit that beat again. And I, and I thought, what's actually interesting is letting them escape. Like, why are you in the rebellion? Let's, yeah. let's make you happy. So calling it the escapers. Oh no, they've escaped. And yeah. they've gotten it. now I'm going to tempt them with happiness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that, that sort of makes them like, refocus. That, that, make- that, mm-hmm. like that sense of, yeah, that bringing back into focus of what their yeah, yeah. drives and their missions are. And here. it was really good, so, like so the cool. hand
1: and layer, You get to do the Han and man, romance. You get to do a bit with Luke. You, get, you challenge them in different ways rather than just like torturing them. Okay. Uh, that was the plan. And then, of course, Shu is like a classic me in that I'm classic me <laughs> uh, I'm bringing you know it's bringing together all the stuff in my run so like okay we've got all the characters we've met along the way we bring them back together good, and so then we'll reach a conclusion so hopefully okay. it'll um,
0: I mean like how definite is that line in the sand what do you mean as for me? your end of your run I mean is, it's it's uh, not like I don't kill them all <laughs> well obviously it's like I tell you
1: the one thing you sort of knew in my run is that we, the second you say Hoff like, Hoff is like, the second they go to Hoff, there is literally maybe a month or two before the start of Empire. Yeah. Because they're still retrofitting the speeders. So, was, the second we go to Half, that means we've got to. We're, we're yeah. for of the races. So, like, where I am, like, and the fact we've got an arc after mine does imply that, you know, I don't go quite up to Hoff. Yeah. But I kind of go to. You know, I wanted to leave it open for whoever for following okay. me. But it's definitely a kind of like a nod towards Hoff at the end. I always do that, you know, one of the last things would that we a mention of Hoff as a kind of a possible destination. So it's like kind of we leave them there, they've all learned a lesson and you know and, all, you know, and the heroes and villains hopefully get what they deserve or not. Yeah. Because it's definitely like, I mean, it's sort of like, Trios is a kind of anti layer. It's like this emotional dovetail with like, you know, seeing those two women, very powerful, interesting sure. women, but heads.
0: Uh, it's been really cool. Okay. Um, to wrap this section up on Star Wars, you obviously came into that arc in the, the when you approached to uh, do the Star Wars book and do Darth Vader. You came in as, as a fan as well, and you are a big Star Wars fan. Has some of that been chipped away with having to do this regular book and as as, as, as have I mean, you had your time with Star Wars? I mean it's not necessarily having your time it's that kind of like even as a fan because um, you have to kind of dive all the way in to create these it's, got, it's these much worlds. more that kind of
1: like I, I mean you know, I chose I chose the Run it's like I wanted to stop the book there right. or if I want to stop my run there uh, and it's like kind of, I'm aware that I've written after the maths roughly 80 Star Wars comics. Yep, like eighty, and like I know I carried most of them in today. I know they're heavy, and it's like <laughs> no, and I could feel the fact that I am burning out on this period. Right, but I don't think I've got much more to say about these period of Star Wars
0: characters, and that's one reason why I want like. Could you, I, see, I, I, could you we, see yourself it, looking into not the original trilogy cast? Could you yeah. go into like the prequel stuff? Or... The phrases, you never know. Fair but enough. And I think at the moment I'm just not interested in work for hire. True. So like the kind of same way
1: like when I left the Marvel universe, it was oh, I could see I'm going to burn out soon. Right. So I'm going to stop before I burn out. Because so don't, you don't want to be rubbish. It's right. not fair on anybody. No. Um, and the same way Star Wars is like, I'm not burnt out yet. I, you know, and it's not that I would ever hate the property.
0: Hmm.
1: And it, but you know, the idea that my ability to write it may not be there. Right. So you know, bring it to the end, we're good and I'm out. Okay. And, it, and it's good because it allows, if you say, I'm going to go away, do my own stuff for a while, and then you know I'll see how I feel when I want to, if I want to go back to work or hire. But you know, I've enjoyed... I love working with the story group. The story group, in the
0: light. The character, I mean, I've been hearing this. Yeah, from what, all they of are people. lovely.
1: Like, I just genuinely like, when I get to actually hang with them, they're nice and they're very helpful and giving. Um, the artists have been great. The characters, you know, I'm certainly not, it's just so easy to throw Luke, Leia and Ham in the same room mm. and, and you can write them. You know, it's not sort of clicking, which is a bad thing for the interview. But you've got that kind of like, there is an energy. Like, getting Luke and Leia, not sorry, Leia and Ham. Butting, yeah. he- butting heads in like that way it's a joy and Luke especially yeah. this period is like such a sweet kid yeah like you know as he's genuinely hes getting some scar tissues yes he's burning down but it's like there's a current, there's a fundamental goodness to him yeah uh, and not, you need to cut it short on naivety like and it's quite great to have a hero who's not a, ba- a quote unquote badass yeah and it's, it's not like obviously he's really he's really good at his job and he's heroic and brave, but he's not like He's not like Boba Fett. No, <laughs> he's not trained. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's enthusiastic. Like, you know, and they've been a joy to write. And Free pos to giggle. So I did. I really enjoyed Free po You okay. know. Um...
0: And also, uh, like I say, I was going to wrap up on that question, and I was going to dovetail into it but very quickly about Doctor Afra. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we, we talked that uh, quite quickly about that yesterday about how Sai has uh, taken the reins on this character, which has become such a fan favourite. I know the. The drive to get her on screen is incredibly strong. I saw the photos from like uh,
1: Celebration. Like, there's always been quite a few. Uh, Af- there's been like Afrocosplayers that say, but this year there was a- apparently. Well, I saw photos of a lot. Yeah, which is nice. You know, people were, like she's now kind of like she's no longer the new character. Like, and you've, she's, got she's have, been...
0: you've got the to Hasbro
1: toy as well. It's all coming together. Yeah. It's lovely. And uh, you know, actually, I showed Met Triple Zero. So, meeting Afros is cool. But there's a guy. Uh, there's a guy who's one of the part of the Legions who's got perfect Triple Zero and he's in character all the time, and actually meeting, oh, oh hello, my creator, and like, I'm like, oh, no, you're really scary. as said, I've made a monster, <laughs> which is, like, amazing. Honestly, that stuff doesn't get boring. And, and the wow. fact that people
0: that have accepted these characters as part of the universe means a lot. Cool. Okay. Um... The way I was going to dovetail into Wigdiv is obviously with the closure of the Star Wars run and what I was, um, I was not insinuating, but certainly that idea that you feel that, that you've had your time with the Star Wars run. How happy or sad are you that you're coming to the close with Wigdiv? Have you... Have your time with these characters. Like
1: the thing about Wickdiv is, um, it we always, it always knew the end. Of, we knew, I knew the end at the start. Yeah, as in the last panel. You you knew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the It's like not always. But like there's quite often a little bit of give. Yeah. But like in Wicked, I knew at the end of the first arc, this happens. And the second arc, this happens. And the third arc, this happens. For all the way. Uh, Sick Fork I know I have that very big reveal then it's like and at the end we reach this point sure and that kind of the narrative structure of it is always kind of nailed down uh, but at the same time there's other bits we sequence and improvise around um, so I know all that so basically in the scene, same in Darth Vader I knew at the end of, my, the end of my Darth Vader would be Vader on the board of the Executor yeah. having defeated its rivals and I'm about to sit out looking for Luke That's you know, I knew that you know, sure. really basic things like that with like no, I knew the final panel but there's a lot about the final year you don't know as in like, my notes were kind of like I know how the characters overcome their problems or not but the solving of the equation as I like to put it yeah. involves a lot of invention so there's a lot of that kind of letting go as in there's stuff that's been for a long time it's been amorphous as in I can change ideas I can tweak stuff I can work out how I'm going to sequence ideas uh, and now it's becoming concrete like there's that there's yeah. also, there is the weird sadness of like it's been part of my life so long and I, you hit the word last a lot as in this is the last cover idea or this is the last trade wow. a oh this is the last we now have 100 pages left now we have 80 pages left but there's going to be life to it way beyond the book oh, no, But the, the, the great job But when it ends though, is that uh, at the moment it's, it's a living document as if people are li- reading it speculating at the end it will be a crystalline structure and it, it, like, I use the word dead dead is probably wrong but it'll be a complete work and then people will be able to look at the entire structure of what we have done and get it right. and like you know for better or worse it moves from this kind of possibility of like what it could be to oh no it is a thing Kieran and Jamie were trying to do this thing for five years and now people can look at it and like as many it's designed to be re-read sure. kind of like it's it's a book about cycles so literally the, yeah, yeah. the procedure Re-read, rereading something and how you how you have changed mm. is part of the cycle. Um, so all that, so I'm really excited about that to be able to just sort of sit down with like you in like three months' time. go I What do you make of it? That yeah. like and me to be able to because I'm. Um, like, the fact that I've known what it's about like, all along it means I've went had oh, having conversations. You're with really waiting yeah. to talk yeah. about it. Also, I, you know, I've been I feel, not have I been lying, but I've been withholding to,
0: from people. <laughs> so like, I meet like somebody, and I, I think, remember those sort like, comments in the back of in your, in your author notes, and just sort of like, going, okay, I'm not lying to you. I'm not I'm not trying to deceive you. I'm not trying to mislead you. And I think that's the great thing. I think a lot of people get out of with <laughs> is that it is. While there's characters that do lie to each other, All it's a very honest, <laughs> but it's a very honest book about what its drive is, that it's, yeah. um, the characters are honest to themselves. Like, is, does like, that make sense?
1: I don't know mean, but they are like, it's, a, it's definitely about the lies people tell themselves as yeah. well. I
0: yeah, yeah. This is a story, I mean, you, see, you that's why you, that's you're the writer. Yeah. better. Piffier way of putting it. I mean, the
1: whole thing is like this is a story about how people tell stories and how stories control people. I think that's a that is a. I think by even by the end of like the seventh arc, people might have probably got that, and probably even by the end of the, the sixth arc, like this is how it's, it's about obviously about art, and mortality, and death, but it's also about how stories control people and how the stories we tell ourselves. obviously they make us powerful, but they also make us less than what we actually really are, and they limit us. And the, you know, there's a line, that says in issue thirty-nine, and it's basically um I always beware the stories, you know, I beware any story about you know anyone t- says about me, especially if I g- agree. That they're the they're the most they're the bear the stories which are or creepiest. Yeah. Because you know, if you kind of believe that about yourself, if it isn't yourself, you've trapped yourself in that. Yeah. So it's all that's in there. Um,
0: so that's what I hope, you know what I mean? That's kind of where the book is. On a creative level in the way that the, the books have flowed, um, I found that the first three arcs it was very much about that uh, narrative tale it was setting the the world and getting everything the ball rolling fine then you had um, Rising Action and Imperial Phase where you really started to play I mean with like non-linear with uh, going back and exploring the other stories with the experimental issues I mean you were talking outside about the the multiple black the uh, weird stuff the weird stuff that's when you and Jamie really kind of You'd gotten the balls in the air, but all of a sudden now you're throwing a chainsaw in there. And you're really kind of playing with it. It How... Linear then is the final art. Is it, is, is it a case of, okay, we've had the, all the, the threads, now it's time to, we've got to, at some point, like, tail.
1: definitely, the way stories work, at some point they've got to, you know, go go, and things crash down. So there was the weirdest thing, you was saying this, and like, when Chrissy's reading, my editor was yep. reading the script, she's like, can we say this? Because, you know, and then it's, <laughs> oh, no, we can say it, we're ending this plot. Like, they kind of literally, when a character reaches the end of their plot, it's like, all yeah. oh right, now we, yo. Yeah. And these are, as I said, these are scenes that I have known for a long time that are going to happen. Right. And, the, and the actual process of writing the scenes is weird. Right. And so that, that's the kind of the thing about Wiktiv at near the end, as in, the process of writing is the process of letting go because you've known this all along. I mean, the hardest time of Wickdive, I think, was during Imperial Phase. Because right. Imperial Phase was definitely, like, we've been doing this for, like, over two years. Right. Like, like, two years to go. Uh, I don't want to be when will I escape this book as in the kind of it is endless right and that's, you know, it's like halfway through a marathon that's, the, that's the, yeah, kind the, of the you hit the wall around that point yeah, yeah you know, like my god do we really have to do this fucking book <laughs> uh, I, I, think think the, been, I think the fans carried you forward no, them, I think it. It was like, there was lots of really good support and you know and Imperial Phase is some of my favourite stuff but yeah. like there was a kind of like uh, that to it and as we're near the finishing line it's like we always wanted to do a big 50 issue story and we've done it and sure. like how it's an, it, we can we'll, you know these will be sitting on a shelf and like an object and they're generally there and that's a body of work and me and Jamie you know I'll be surprised if we never work again together yeah. but like we certainly have no, no plans in any near future oh right okay like you know he wants to do his own writing and drawing as well sure. so like and maybe work with a couple of other people but like and he also he wants to work slower and I've you know I've got God knows sort of other stuff but we're always going to be tied together no we joke with like the Smiths in that kind of way Except, you know I'm not going to become uh, you know that kind of like you know a very specific creative partner and we kind of done what we wanted to do Fair and enough. by the end of Wiktib I kind of feel that you know this is us signing off and going there you go have, and the, 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 huzzah. have yeah. fun to everybody and it's um,
0: can we possibly see any spin-offs or any free comic book day issues or something to just kind of or can you just say, no, this is the bow. and... I done. find
1: it highly... I wouldn't say
0: impossible. But there's certainly no room for a sequel. Because I think the, the fans... I think the, this book is going to have a life yeah. way beyond the, the, that final issue because the fans... Have embraced it. I mean, they've taken these characters to heart, and they've really embraced the world of Wicked. It's kind of in their hands now. Yeah, well, like, definitely it's, ends- it's a great present to, to leave them. Yeah. I've got hopes. I mean, like generally, we I get people who.
1: Sort of like the early week if you said it, it's simpler and it's deliberately because it, I want to have a learning curve mm. like we start with this mode and basically we kind of increasingly make, do make things hard for people yeah
0: uh, <laughs> and like you know which uh, you definitely did
1: yeah and, it gets, and it's like we're not okay you, you handle this we can go a bit further it's like a, like a four year degree course and like and, and occasionally it is. you get people who kind of st- came in as like 17 year olds and now they're 22 didn't know the pantheon, didn't know the gods yeah and, yeah. You, you can, yeah and then now they're 22 living in and like we've generally been on tour with them and we've seen kids grow up Mm. And like, so kids is a loaded word, but you know, we've seen people who are very young, and like, and they, they, they're been young adults and moving more into that world, and we've been with them, and like, it's kind of like, and several people have obviously, oh, I want to be a creator because of Wicked, and just, you know, Wicked is about that. It's an awful portrait of being a creator, but at the same time, it's also like, is this the deal you want? Yeah, and that's that's
0: good. I'm just really glad that people responded to it. a the time? I mean, certainly when I say that the fans are have embraced it and taken it forward, I think we can certainly see more Wiktiv part happening. I mean that <laughs> that party that uh, you had. My word. You know, I mean like that was a me and Jamie always in. So we
1: did one at Emerald City recently, and it was yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean we're DJing at TCAF next weekend. You are? Yeah, excellent. Yeah. I mean like me and Jamie will hopefully be always. I mean die isn't exactly the time. Die is a book like about role playing game parties rather than actual parties. Uh, <laughs> so like, but, you know, me and Jamie really enjoy playing records with people. So like Okay, and that's a lovely. A friend of mine, uh, Michael, I've got his surname. He's a young animal writer. He was, um, he was like at the wicked party in Emerald uh, City. And he noted like he's like like Grant Morrison going to like the gay clubs. Everyone is writing Invisibles and trying to get that energy into the, you know, into yeah. the Invisibles. And obviously, yeah, Invisibles in my list of influences. And then we've done this book, which is like a modern repost of Invisibles. And we've created these this nightclub space we we're actually in, and it was. Uh, extremely queer friendly kind of space uh, with like projectors on the wall and all these kind of cocktails and this party throwing down all night the photos were amazing Um, and like you've done basically and you've now and it's that's formed whole circle and you've basically created this room yeah. in, and these people I mean like we had a couple having, um, had a couple having sex in one of the booths and had to be taken away <laughs> not taken away I mean that's you know I'm glad you're enjoying yourself but you have to stop so like, you know that kind of thing like there's not many comics that have got to do that and that's what I mean like Richter has been an enormous thing that has given been amazing to be part of but also given so many people permission permission mm. permission is an interesting word because like it's okay to be like this yeah. it's
0: okay to do this so we're very lucky that's cool that's cool. Okay, let's talk about Die. Yes. Let's get into it because this book. I mean, you, I know you were saying earlier that it's getting even great, uh, raver reviews than Wickediv did when it got uh, started. And Wigdiv was well reviewed when it got uh, when it I launched. mean, like,
1: a part of it is like Wicked was always quite divisive. I mean, a lot of me and Jamie's work is deliberately in your. Um some people find us aggravating and part, for a variety of reasons not least because we are <laughs> but like the other part of is that you know this is there's a sense of being too cool for school and some people feel that this book is judging them right. and there's a lot and to be honest those sort of reviews are partially maybe they're right let's be fair and mm-hmm. for quite a lot of the time I get the feeling that they are um, they are feeling we are judging them Yeah. and we're not you know well, I don't care about that Yeah. <laughs> uh, so wicked reviews if you look at the average review scores are lower than you would think yeah. like just the like high eights uh, fact, but they're rarely nice and like Dye's are regularly it's
0: high nines That's
1: because kind of, I think Dye is in some ways for the comic reviewers people who actually review comics mm-hmm. is
0: an easier sell because you don't get any sense it's cooler than you are Yeah, because it's RPGs you said, <laughs> and, you I, said I, something outside which I thought was I'm really glad you said it because um, I didn't want to say it uh, if I was wrong right. but the fact yeah. that you have written a lot of work which is about teenagers and about a, that, that young energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Die is very much about revisiting something. It's, I mean, it's uh, for myself and reading it. It was almost like when I did come back to D&D at age 45, yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah, yeah. that 20-year gap, and returning to a... Uh, it's almost like having to retrain the creative and constructive part of your brain again. And having these characters being of a age, uh, I mean, was that a very deliberate, conscious it to thing? Be like I mean, I'm, I think I've said... Because, I mean, when you see, like, Jumanji, it's people who are young, but in an older body. Yeah. But that's not what this is. This is very much, no, we've lived our lives.
1: It's like, um, especially... I've actually seen the new Jumanji... Obviously, I had the idea before Jumanji yeah. came out. <laughs> but um, not, not the first Jumanji, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the new, the new but, one. Yeah. But, like, when I... I've weirdly into this weird thing about writing teenagers and I've also enjoyed it but like it's not my thing I planned to do like Phonogram is mainly about late 20 something so yeah. in fact Phonogram is mainly a book about turning 30 and like I wrote four teenagers in Singles Club and they're the only teenagers in the whole thing yeah uh, very in the heart though, so. yeah I mean like it's pop music so that's yeah, you know, yeah, pop music is something people read as for kids um, but I about the phonogram story I would end up doing is doing a phonogram story about 72 olds in an old, an old person's home and that's kind of like that's insane, that's the mojo readers I mean my, my dad died he left me a mixtape and that's a fucking phonogram story wow you know what I mean that and that's what I mean phonogram was always for me that whole experience of humans and music and what you use yeah. music for I mean, that was, and my dad actually wrote notes for it in that kind of way. My dad probably did that because of... It, we were all a music family, but the notes he kind of left often, were much How like, often
0: do you get the chance to listen to I don't, it? Not very often, because it's, it's like, something is it's a little it, bit
1: too raw. It's a bit like that, yeah. But the fact my dad was not like a... I think he, he, was, he wasn't a writer. And like, he, In fact, I always suspect he was like, undiagnosed dyslexic a lot of my brother's dyslexic, wow. so it's in the family in that way. Uh, so him actually writing something and actually thinking about music was really nice. Wow. Like, it was funny, really, like, like obviously he gave me his love of music, but the kind of like the way of thinking about music and writing about it was something that he'd seen me do as well, I think. Wow. Anyway, that was that I mean, that's that, cool. You know, that is incredibly cool. And also choke you up a bit, understandably. <laughs> but um so Phonogram for me was always big music for me is something that cults have used for kids I don't <laughs> despite the fact the books obviously do have a youth through through. anyway so Phonogram interesting it's youth culture, but it's not necessarily about youth culture. but I'm doing Loki over at Marvel I never made Loki a kid I pitched an Elric book basically yeah. and like Matt Fraction made Loki a kid so suddenly I'm writing this teenager for, uh, for like this Queen for like X years and then it's like
0: everyone's thinking that
1: you're a man child and they do no, no, this no just, no no the thing is I accidentally got the Loki because I just asked do, a, do, you want, do you want to do a Loki book I had a really good idea for a Loki book and Matt had made him a kid so I, was, I guess do a kid Loki book and yeah, then yeah. I was asked you, Young Avengers by Axel which I immediately wow. decided I don't want to do uh, not because I like Young Avengers the book it's just it's uh, such a um, classical superhero comic yeah and it's like it's almost like when it came out it was like Almost sort of weird how classically it was, in that this is a, a book about a clap, this is how Marvel Comics operate, just mm-hmm. with new characters. Um, and me, um, and that's not what I do. <laughs> uh, so they, and I did this Young Avengers run, so I. Had to burn it to the ground and make it our own image. Right. So this year of Avengers, that was a you know a big hit, and then me and Jamie doing. That me, was that was a book that I feel that you could almost have the young animal uh, yeah, stamp yeah. on the. I have I, to say I, that book has proved influential. I mean, I don't mean that's a wanky thing, and I don't mean to like take anything away. But seeing the people who've liked that, but the same way that like, Hawkeye influenced people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like not okay, we haven't influenced as much as Hawkeye, but we're certainly in the mix. So at that, like with this big hit book, we've kind of realized we've hit the limit of like what we can do at Marvel. I mean, do our own book, so it makes uh, okay. I guess it's about some teenagers as well. I mean, like kind of like this is a logical extrapolation of what we're doing in Avengers. So suddenly we've got writing teenagers for another five years. So it's you know like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's always like, just responding to what's happened rather than any desire. So me knowing, I have no and I, 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 all the way through this I've been turning down writing teenagers right. and that, you know just because you know, I'm too old to basically do the quasi-authentic mode of teenager <laughs> I it wouldn't surprise me if I did a book in the future about teenagers but it would either be more stylised right. or not contemporary I quite like the idea of like writing something set in a period or whatever you know what I mean but like, I also knew for my, to be as a writer mm-hmm. uh, I had to actually write adults uh, more I mean you know I've written uber, I mean, I've written quite a lot of adults yeah. but I bought specifically and expressly about being older, but the weird thing about diets, I feel like it's the first time I've been writing genuinely about being a teenager, mm-hmm. because all of the Wicked stuff, all the die, most of the Wicked stuff, all of the phonogram stuff, and most of Young, young Avengers are describe about turning 18, mm. uh, all of that is about um, basically going to university, yes. That's like, it's, it's all about having left Stafford. And would and die. And the fact that they, what they were doing, it's. I've never written about what I was like as a teenager. Right. Ever.
0: Like, Is it how. So like not, that, not, not so much biographical, but certainly in terms of your own interests and drives, how biographical is die. would you say how much of you well, is in that I mean book? I'm from Stafford right I mean the characters from
1: Stafford I'm from Stafford yeah there's a there's a lot of remixing there's like there's elements spun out there's more like the characters are inspired by people I know but they never got one person I know and there's, all, and there's always a bit of me in there as well mm-hmm. so like I'm trying to create a credible social group that, that could have existed in 91 but I'm really trying to write specifically 991 Stafford. And I kind of, I'm trying to really, wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted not like a, a stylized teenager, which are, Wickedive and Phonogram to some degree are stylized. I want something a bit more like um, novelistic, uh, so that a different sort of thing. Teen- it's always, ironically, by wanting to write adults, has meant that I want to write about nostalgia and age, which means I have to write accurate in a different way than I have before. So yeah, the great joy about Die is, um, in fact, my career at the moment is I'm ending these five-year projects, which is great because these big bodies of work, those Star Wars and this thing, so I get to actually end them and like take a bow. These, these, mono, these monoliths. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also showing here is actually new projects. Okay. And here, here's no one's really know what I've been thinking about for five years because Rigdiv is set in stone. And you it, knew what was yeah, yeah. I mean it's, it's responsive to my interests but like wicked has it's the same like Jamie talks about the fact that Jamie wants to push his style but he knows that he and he's changed his style a little bit on the journey he also knows he can't change it too much because otherwise it breaks the book yeah. so he feels like he's in a kind of straight jacket so like the second he finishes Wickdiff expect changes from Jamie um, so it's a similar about Arm's vision where here's some new books and here's me everything I've learned across those five years and I feel like here's a brand new Kieran Gillen makeover as like man with more white in beard. Yeah. That. So like, and Die kind of the first thing of that. And it's not. Tell you what. what we think Die also reviews better. In fact, it's not about teenagers. Yeah. Because I think uh, there is. I write. Whenever I'm writing them, they're realised and they're complicated characters. But I think there's a certain sort of reader who just comp- who just immediately turns off from a teenager, as in they don't read those emotions as serious. Yeah. And I write similarly serious about forty something's, and they think I'm. You know, they think it's more real. So, so like, yeah, okay. uh, this is me being cynical, but uh, you know, but it, it's also about kind of, you know, there's less reviewers. Like you can actually, Wikid reviewers, right? Wikid got more reviews than Die has. Right. I mean, Die's got a lot of reviews, uh, but genuinely speaking, the more reviews you have, the lower your average score will be, just okay. because more because it's about outliers. Like you know, Die. I mean, Wikid basically, you know, like uh, eight and ups, but then uh, you've got occasional twos. Yeah, and the twos like are what drag the average down. Fair enough. That's one of the things. I mean, Wicked was always a little bit or hate it, but and things at the end of at the end of the year round after I, I
0: didn't finish on this question. Uh, the fans going to be happy or are they
1: going to be sad? D- this are always going to be sad. Um, I use the phrase um, bittersweet. Okay, like basically it's like I Wickdiff is a book about death, and like if you cannot actually, you know, you cannot abandon anything about that and still be a story about death. So, so it's it was, going to,
0: there's going to be the raising of the champagne but there's going to be a tear or two
1: in there. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I generally hope... I mean, there's the character who died like a couple of issues back and it's yeah. a really tragic ending but like, and, and there's a character with a lot of fans. I've had also a lot of people say, oh yeah, that's really sad and it's the perfect ending for them. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was meaningful and emotional. And I think it's like... I mean, there is a few things I wish I could find a way to do slightly differently but the thing is, the problem of having a five-year plan is you've got a five-year plan. Yeah. And you, you, at some point you become the Titanic in fact quite early on you become the Titanic Once <laughs> you put like this thing rolling it's going to become an avalanche yeah. and there's
0: nothing you there's do. nothing you can you can't avoid as, as a writer you can't
1: which do it which is yeah. fun uh, but you know I said is it, I'll never get to do it, anything like that again or at least nah don't ever say never you know like you look at the people like after a big five year book yeah. everybody stops like uh, Gaiman left the medium uh, Warren Ellis basically did free issue minis for a few years. Uh, Garth took quite a few years before he did the boys. Uh, Brian K. Vaughan he immediately um, he went to Hollywood and then came back like almost a decade later uh, yeah. doing Saga. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason why I Die I want to do something long because I like structure. But at the same time, Die is like about half the
0: length of Wicked. I was going to say then Wicked was well planned out in advance. How planned out is Die? I know the end. I know. It's, I know it's. it's, it's,
1: it's Thank <laughs> It's a little bit more fluid than Wicked is. Right. But I still know the, the end of the first arc, this happens. The end of the second, no. The basic structure of it's there. Uh, I have more room to play. And I definitely, Die is bigger than will fit in 20 issues. Okay. So like I said, there's no room for a Wicked sequel. There's literally, it's impossible. You can possibly do prequels, but it doesn't. It yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, die is, there's probably room for a Die sequel. Like if we want to go back to the world after we finish the arc and do something else, there's room.
0: There's an expansion pack
1: available. Yeah. I'll tell you, there's um this is a, <laughs> actually you'll laugh at this you know the region of do, do, okay this is minor spoiler for issue six but it's literally no issue seven so okay it's a minor spoiler I'll say okay, anyway but issue seven is set where um I want to de- go across the desert so basically it's two of the characters who have split from the party and mm-hmm. they're going across the desert uh, and I'm showing, okay, and each of the twenty regions of Dai is kind of inspired by a part of role playing games and I'm showing what I could use for the desert and as I was to said, make this an entirely blank region and it's the expansion pack region. And then literally, they're kind of like, "This is the this is the region." Something else will be, you know, the implication. Yeah. Something else will appear here eventually, and that kind of, like, you know, it's a de- yeah. yeah. I, was, I was quite pleased. with that and it's quite it's called, it's called the expanse as well. well There's a little on the yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's dying There's
0: nothing that isn't on the nose. <laughs> okay. about it. The other thing uh, that people really appreciate, I think, about you is your the collaborative work that you the, the way that you collaborate with your artists. That you you don't. It's not a case of artist writing There's a definite team. That's, um, that's putting the books together. How much did Stephanie um, influence what you were planning for die once you kind of brought the story to her? How much did she bring to that, which then shifted what you did?
1: Stephanie is a, like Jamie, a writer, but she's also, um, she's a uh, dynamo. I, I, use, I use the metaphor, the sea a lot with her. Yeah. But like, I brought her this, my usual Kieran Gillen Bible, and she gave a lot back. Like yeah, idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like Jamie is much about execution. He gives me kind of pointers and choices, and like okay, design aspect, yeah. Like that kind of thing. like Stephanie brought back ideas. There's characters who are like um, Isabel is, you know, she's a French character. and That might give you a tell. Right. Like Isabel is very specifically a character that's come from Stephanie. The fact that Ash is like this long haired metal head, that's Stephanie. You know, like I would have never, like, of course I was a long haired metalhead. Uh,
0: not anymore. <laughs> uh, Trust me, it was down to my ass. I mine, was as, mine was as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Man. That's uh, okay, oh, so like,
0: anyway. anyway. Let's,
1: anyway. let's all wipe that small tear away. Um, yeah, well. well, I would have never done that because I thought that would be too on the nose, like, making it yeah. very clearly me. But she came to me that, you know, there's a metalhead sort of, you know, it, you get the Wayne's Will kind of idea what a metalhead is. Yeah. But there's something you never see in fiction is that like kind of the. Um, you know, the sensitive metalhead head with the art, you know, the art on his folder, he's painted a load of, like, heavy metal album covers, that guy. Yeah. And I've known lots of people like that guy. The so, Pixies I, slash Carrie Voltaire guy. You know, yeah, like, you know, all he's <laughs> going to do is watercolour paintings and, like, and, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that, I, like, oh, no, Ash being that guy made so much sense. And, you know, that kind of, like, those kind of buildings, she's not about plotting. i should like, she gave me, she occasionally gave me, like, a real, she's, she's quite good at asking questions. Because you know and like what about this? I go, you're right. That's interesting. I'll have to deal with that at this point. Because you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's a much more. I hate to say she brings more to the book to Jamie because that's complete. That's uh, not. that, the, that that's, that's yeah, not. That <laughs> direction. But it's Certainly like, damning with faint praise. Exactly. So. It doesn't much more. Like it doesn't explain what Jamie does to the book. Yeah. But Stephanie is kind of like she gets her fingers in it and she comes back to stuff and we are, and we argue and she comes up with ideas and I talk her out of stuff and she talks me into stuff. Yeah. So it's that kind of stuff. Like, there was quite a lot yeah, the relationship.
0: there. relationship.
1: Cool. It's, um, guys, it's,
0: it's completely different. That's, quite a, what, yeah. that's kind of what I wanted. I don't want to talk and talk and talk so okay. we will wrap things up uh, with King Arthur. Yes. Um, Excalibur fan.
1: Yes, I am actually. <laughs> Weirdly, I re-watched it recently and it doesn't hold up really because I I, I, I so so I did I watched what I want and I And love, again maybe it's yeah. Helen Mirren's boobs and I just there's a out. lot there's a lot of love with Helen Mirren uh, and that, all that whole movie there's so much I like in it
0: but it's a bit bitty right. it's like
1: a series of it's trying to it's, it's trying to cram you know, the whole of the mortar art
0: in there yeah. and it doesn't quite fit <laughs> Well, at least it's not the recent bloody uh, King Arthur movie, so yeah, let's yeah. just... Uh, let's look at the two ends of the no, cut. Cast- uh, in terms of, like, <laughs> grandeur...
1: But I was really... I was thinking about this week's Game of Thrones. That reminded... You know how, like, how the battle scenes yeah, went? Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the stuff reminded me of Excalibur. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I get
0: it. So, your next book is King Arthur. Is that the title, just for my moment? It's called Once and Future. Once and Future. Which... Uh, that was it because that's what kind of made me want to ask about how other arthurian legends because you've said in an interview that you think you've cracked uh, a nut of something that hasn't been discussed with the the arthurian legend Mm. but you are referencing in that title a lot of big, kind of yeah. already established tropes. In a person like how to phrase
1: this, as particularly me is like the sort of research I've done with Arthur is actually quite a lot on the critical side. Right. The idea of like how the Arthur myth has been used at different times and how people have processed it, and how, when ideas first, you know, like um, you know, like Percival being the first Grail knight, yeah. and then Galahad was replaced in different stories, and where different stories came in, and how late, and you know, that shit. And, and of course, there's the question of how Britain sees itself. Right. You know, so it's quite an interesting story there's a story you're dovetailing about uh, the I- the identity of being British vis-a-vis Arthur so that kind of stuff's in there I mean the once and future it comes in I mean I don't want to oversell because I might just be missing one but I can't think of anyone who does what I do with this book okay um,
0: how But but, but how, like, how classical is it then because yeah. I think the reason why I brought up The Scallery of the Gate is because everyone has a very classical idea of what yeah, the Arthurian kind of legend the, is the, I mean the, even to the 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 uh, Monty Python kind of vibe yeah of, uh, I, feel, I, I tell you my favourite thing about when I realised as a kid I obviously saw them both when I
1: realised the Holy Grail came before Excalibur I presumed the Holy Grail was a, was a parody of Excalibur yeah because how could you make Excalibur after seeing the Holy Grail it's like you know you know what yeah. the, all the reviews are going to say yeah oh man I love it though um it is, it is I don't know, it's like Arthurian backdrop as right. I'm like, what, if i if I was say picturing this watch I would say it is uh, a grandson discovers his grandmother is a retired monster hunter okay and uh, he is recruited by her to help fight uh, like a load of Arthurian folklore monsters coming back cool that's kind of the structure so it's kind of like Indiana Jones kind of Hellboy kind of like mummy even kind of structure who's the artist uh, Dan Motta hey. who, who is on fire uh, and that's kind of thing so it is like a classic Sort of adventure structure because that was kind of the inspiration of the book originally. Was I want to try to do an adventure series like literally Indiana Jones, yeah, something that has that energy, yeah, uh, but in a modern style. And how
0: would you do that? And end up like playing with English folklore seemed a good way of doing it. Any ideas on who the colorist is because I think a story like Arthur. How it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that tonal um, structure, I think, is going to really inform a lot about how the book is yeah. I mean, it's, it's kinda going like, forward. If you look at my work, I
1: mean, they co- we've got Colorists, but they haven't been announced yet. Right. So, like, and I'm not sure, sh- until it's 100% finalised, I don't want to say their name. Sure. Uh, but they're great. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Dan is, the um, Future is probably closest to Afra. Imagine, okay. like, in terms of, like, obviously, in, in, in general Jones, but in terms of, like, tone as a level of playfulness. It's not quite as playful. It's a little bit more like s- straight. Right. But it's also it's, the horror is more it's slightly more adult and it's kinda of, the horror notes are very clearly there. It's like it's not just like light Arthur. This is kinda of like the whole mode is kinda of like, it's like old English folklore vibe. And so all the scary shit, and like the, like the questing beast turns up in issue one, and the questing beast, if you know it, is um, do you know the questing beast? No, it's like a really weird Arthurian or, monster. It's got this kind of weird snake-like head, and it's got a body which is full of puppies and dogs yelping and alive in there, okay. pressing against the skin. And this is kind of like uh, it's, a, it's a variety of imagery, like it's all manner of grey or imagery mixed in there as well. But this kind of beast is. Um, they, they use it actually in the World of Future King the, the, as, yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah. as a repeating thing and he's in a variety of other stuff but the one we've done oh no it's a really scary monster because right? the idea of look, if you've got the dog's faces pressing against the skin of the belly that's a horrible idea right? right? and they're happy and they're in there it's actually a really good pun the questing beast is like it's a monster noise want to hunt it down and they get obsessed by it but at the same time questing is what actually dogs do when they're on the hunt Okay, so it's like it's, it's a pretty good pun name actually <laughs> um, so, so i give that as an example of here is a bit of Arthurian mythos. We've used it. We turn into actual, genuinely yeah, really springboard. It, it it's a really scary monster. Right. So it's, it's serious. But it's, it's got a great chemistry between the two leads. That's kind of the fun. Is he's such a, he's the grandson's a sweet kid and the grandmother's hard as fucking nails. He, he, you know, he, like yeah, the, 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 the scene in the first issue. This is the one of the first lines of darling ever did. And like, he's just found her weapons trove. And he pulls out this sort of stake firing gun. And it's like, um, what's this? Oh, put it down, dear. We don't need it. it's for, it's for hunting vampires. You hunted vampires? Yeah, I did. What, what happened? Why, why did you stop? Ran
0: out of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just killed a lot of things. When you say that it's exploring a little bit of that element of what uh, English, what it is to be English and the, the British concept. I think also there's that sense of, um, a British sense of humour. The whole idea of, you, you can definitely determine what an American sense of humour is and what a British sense of humour is, that's what you're kind it's of, like there's, it's, there's that there's a vibe lot, of that It's voice. really dry, the
1: it's like, sorry, Bridget, actually, it's named after my grandma, uh, my grandma, British-Irish, um, uh, so I gave her the same name and to be honest, I haven't really written about like grandmother grandson relationship before that was part of the appeal okay. the idea of like that was, I was quite close to my my grand uh, so that kind of that, the idea of that as a dynamic that's mm. not something we see in fiction very often let's play with that uh, it's worth I mentioned the whole British identity thing there earlier really. it's not that it's not a deep serious you know it's it, you okay. know, it's in the mix and <laughs> yeah, it's certainly you know it's certainly invisible but like it's not it right. was one of the first things you said so I thought yeah. I'd uh, just check it's worth coming back to it in that kind of way like I would come to it expecting like great action great horror action fiction like a, it's like 15 rated Indiana Jones yeah you know, like Indiana Jones but a bit more that's okay. kind of the vibe and it's kind of like it's supposed to die which is so so serious yeah uh, this is one you'll la- you pick it? up and you'll laugh
0: is it a in and out six issues? Six issues uh, but it's
1: like it's so much the same as a world so okay. we can return to these like because I've this, as you know Orphelian Mythos is so big and I, I've selected what stuff I want to use to make a story and there's such big figures I have not got in the car there's no okay here's one there is no no Lancelot okay right, Lancelot does not appear
0: and that, that that's is,
1: a big you know what I mean Ellen. that's a big and like, actually Merlin doesn't appear oh well okay like fair enough and like for six issues, I've got more than enough. I've got some really cool elements in there, right? But like, as always, that you can certainly do a sequel because there's so much of stuff I haven't hit yet. Right. I, just, I've got some really cool action set pieces. I thought, oh, I can fit, and I was, oh, I can't fit them in. So it's a bit like the you know, like the Indiana Jones had holes. The second one had whole set pieces they yeah. they wanted to do in the first one that never fit. Mm. I think it's a bit like that too. Okay. So that's the thing. I'm such. It's really, I feel lucky at the moment. I get such a fun selection of books to do. We'll wrap up on this question. Is it
0: really refreshing to have those two varieties of, you've got Die and Once and Future, because it really does feel like there's a real kind of, Die you have to be really focused and It's one of those, you can't have a glass of red before you uh, uh, dive into it, because you have to be absolutely on the ball. But Once and Future... I'll have a pint of stout and then you hear the. There yeah, you Literally, you'll you'll laugh, you'll cry. You know, it's like
1: it's state you'll of laugh, the, you'll cry. No, it's state of the art action comics. It's basically. I'll show you some of the art afterwards. Um, but it, it is. Um, yes, I mean people often people ask me. It's like why are you, you know your, your work behind is often quite fun. You yeah. know, I'm having you know there's serious, smart stuff in there, but this is a giggle. You know, like, I'm like you know, my Darth Vader is dark but fun. Star Wars is a gig. You know, why don't you do your work behind books like that? Just your create your own books yeah. like that. And I'm like. Partially because I get to do the only place I get to do the serious stuff I want to do is my creator own books. So it's me doing because I don't get to do them anywhere else. Yeah. If I'm only doing creator-owned books, I, I, I would just it would kill me if I just wrote *Die* <laughs> or books like *Die*. So me doing a book which is more
0: like *Afra*, mm. which I, I imagine if you just did *Die*, that would just Die. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would just lock into your head, and you'd yeah. be. Um, this, yeah. is, this is the reason the great job of the on right? you get to
1: like mix up the like a change as good as a rest. And that's part of the thing. Yeah. Is, like if I'm stopping doing books like Star Wars, I should have something in my diet like Star Wars, which allows yeah. me to do, you know, do my pulp excitement fiction thing. Which is a don't I feel so incredible this year like from the boat, I've had so much fun with uh, like this ludicrous is actually back on so that's going to happen early next year sure. so I'm genuinely ha- doing books I love and having so much fun with it and they're selling and it's like it's always a bonus you know what I mean I'm in a kind of like, oh, this, will, this is such an incredible year for my career and like Scary. And that's because it will never be this good again. That's the thing you think. You
0: but can't say that, surely.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's way my brain works. Yeah, oh I'm man. literally the writer of Die. I've got to find <laughs> At the moment, I feel so lucky. The fans are amazing. I'm, I'm working with amazing people. Uh, this is a, a great time to be Kieran Gillen. Uh, and now he's going to get hit by a train on the way back. <laughs>
0: Okay, um, let's um, thank <laughs> let's, you. Sir. let's bless you in some regard. To definitely hope that's not the case. Die uh, being published by Image Comics, uh, available now. You're up to issue three. five. Five trade yeah. is out. In, uh, trade is out next month. Thank June. You. And then you've got uh, Once the Future, which is by Boom, I believe. Yes. And when's that due? Uh, what did you think? August. August. Yeah. So we'll see that down the line. And uh, will you be bringing that to things like New York? Yeah, I'm, I'm at San
1: Diego this year. So yeah. actually, I believe it's announced. Uh, it might be out for San Diego. So oh, it might cool. be July. That's good. Just before, so I could, you could Google this and check. and it's definitely there. Sounds like it. Like Ludacris is probably early next year, like January. Uh, Wig finishes in August, I think. Mm-hmm. Late
0: July, or August. Um, yes, yeah, so you're going to be seeing a lot of Wake um cosplay at that show. Yeah, it, it's, it's our literal final wake. <laughs> you need to get a room found somewhere. No, we will we'll, we'll be throwing the final party. We, you know, this Good is what man. we do. Good man. Thank you very much, indeed for your time. Pleasure being here. Thank you.